Hey, welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Moline. I am very excited to have you with me as I hope this helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out together to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope this helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drip. Welcome to episode three of Sacred City Vision Drip. Pastor Sam here with you. What I wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about today um, is really comes out of uh, where we spent our time last week, Sunday, um, in, in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Um, and, and, and from that, one of the things that really stuck with me from Sunday um, was part of our liturgy, I believe it was in our profession, where, where we were, con- uh, ex- maybe it wasn't the profession, I think it was maybe the confession, as we're confessing our sins, how we fail to be a peaceful, prophetic presence. Now, that, that's, um, we've used that language before, um, here and there, through the last couple years. It's, it's something that I heard. Um, it's actually what, it comes out of a book called A Failure of Nerve by Edwin Friedman. Um, something that I picked up from some other pastors, just talking about how, how do Christians, how should Christians be experienced? So when we're dropped in a room and, you know, we, we can oftentimes think about like, okay, I don't know if I got the right words to say. I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I have a, a good handle on whatever crisis people are going through, but like, how are we experienced when we're dropped in a room? And, and I think that this is a really helpful thing that we would be considered or experienced as a peaceful, prophetic presence. And in, in the sermon from last week, we really got into this concept of peacemaking. What does it mean to be a peacemaker? And, and one of the things that Steve Ott, or if you were listening to Pastor Justin's sermon, one of the things that both of those guys did in their sermon was present the, the, the idea that there is a difference, there's a contrast between being a peacekeeper uh, and a peacemaker. Or even the, there's, a, there's also a difference in just sort of being a, a bull in the china shop where you're, you're not necessarily concerned with peace at all. You're like... That your concept of peace is getting other people to conform to your ideals, um, so that there's no sense of peace in that. The other people, the peacekeeper, maintains whatever kind of idea or concept or vague representation of peace. It's kind of a false sense of peace, yet they're okay with maintaining that. So everybody in the room seems happy, even though nobody in the room is happy. And then the third way that Jesus is calling us into as Christians is to be peacemakers, um, that we would be people who aren't afraid, actually, you know, to be a peacemaker, first of all, it means it, it, it requires courage. It requires the ability to courageously step into the midst of conflict, places where maybe um, people are disagreeing or parties are disagreeing, um, groups of people are disagreeing, 
and function as a mediator, function as a voice of reason, function as somebody who wants to bring others together in order to find true peace, which would really be what we call reconciliation, where, there, where we see um, there was some sort of fallout that caused conflict, and then not only have we just sort of swept the conflict under the rug where now it's not as big of a deal, but actually to be reconciled and to resolve the conflict in a way where both parties now can get along and there's no hard feelings towards one another. And that's really the definition of, of being a peacemaker that we were rolling with. And, and, and with the profession or the confession uh, of being a peaceful prophetic presence, I think to be a peacemaker means that we step into that, that we're not just peaceful people, but we're peacemakers um, by exercising um, our, our, our prophetic voices and being present in the midst of those circumstances. And I just want to break this down a little bit, um, because what does it take for you to be a peaceful prophetic presence, right? What, what does it, so to, to be peaceful, to be a peacemaker, I think, first of all, you have to have the ability to differentiate. And this is one of the things that er, uh, Friedman talks about in A Failure of Nerve is being a a well-differentiated person where you can separate yourself from the happenings, the events that are going on so that you don't necessarily get swept up in in the current of, of feelings or other people's opinions where you can sort of step back, you can acknowledge what's going on without being swept up in it. And I think in order to do this, we have to be able to, to, to do what Paul says in Colossians 3, verse 15. He says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and to be thankful. So that, that first part of that verse, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So here, here's the reality. For us to be a peaceful prophetic presence, for us to be to be able to bring peace in means that we have to operate ourselves from a position of peace. Like we have to realize that we're in some sort of a resting spot. And the only way that you can come to that resting spot of peace is to be reconciled to God. Now, this is, this is what we're talking about in the big picture thing, that, that when Paul tells us to, to be imitators of Christ, that we've received uh, the ministry of reconciliation, that, that, that that reconciling that can happen on an interpersonal level or even helping other people to see uh, the reconciliation reconciliation that's available to them um, to God in Christ is that we must be able to understand that we are reconciled people that right now in Christ, God has no hostility towards us. Right now in Christ, God looks at us and he doesn't have any animosity towards us. He he isn't counting our failures. He isn't looking at that because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ so that my identity is wrapped up in Jesus so securely, so tightly that I am enjoying the relational bliss that God the Father has with Jesus the Son. I get to share in that. So there's, there's a peaceful reality to the relationship that I have with God. And this is what Paul is talking about in letting the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So if I know that I have peace with God, that the most significant relationship, the most significant dynamic that could be at play in my life is, a, is, a, is conditionally peaceful because of the work of Christ, that I can operate in all things, in all circumstances from a demeanor of peace. Now, this is wild when you think about how much chaos, how much anxiety, how much fear, how much disruption is going on in life where it's like 
we, we can look at our workplaces, look at our homes, look through uh, our family dynamics um, with our parents or our kids or, or whatever it might be. Places where it's like our neighbors, you know, where, where there's clearly not peace, yet we have this inner resolve. We have this inner stability of the peace of Christ that's ruling our hearts. So that way we, first of all, we don't get st- swept up um, in, in the wind and the waves of of uh, emotion, okay? We, we don't get swept up in that. We, we are s- solidly anchored in the peace of Christ. And so this is what it means to let the, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And this has the ability to sort of carry you. It's like a buoy. Um, it, it, it's anchored and certainly there's going to be stuff that moves that buoy around, but it's not going anywhere, right? It's going to move a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. It might bob up and down just a little bit, but, but ultimately it is steady. It is anchored right there. That's what it's like to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and mind. So that way, when we do come across conflict or when we see conflict happening between others or, or in the context of our missional communities, we don't get swept up in it. The peace of Christ is ruling in our hearts in a way that allows us to be anchored. And, and that's, that's what it looks like to be a peaceful person. Um, the, the next thing is, is to be prophetic. So to, to, to be a peaceful person, but also to be prophetic. Now, this is, this is where things get a little bit tricky because if we speak the truth, the truth can be offensive, right? We see that with the gospel. The Apostle Paul tells us that, that the gospel is offensive to those of a worldly mind. Like, there are going to be times where we speak the truth when we're talking about it, and that's really what this prophetic nature is, that we're truth speakers. We don't, we don't um, tell lies to maintain false peace, but we actually lean into the truth to get us to a place of, of authentic peace. And so we're talking, we're acting, we're, we're stepping in the truth in, in this prophetic sense. Now, with that, there's going to be conflict, inevitably. There, there, we just have to be planning for that reality that, that somebody, when you share the truth, um, that somebody might, it, it might rub them the wrong way, right? They have a negative response to that. Now, that, that doesn't negate being a peaceful person. I think what it does when we pair these things together to be a peaceful prophet, to be peacefully prophetic, means that we tell the truth in a way which is recept, like easily recepted or, or, or um, easily taken um, by other people. So that means we don't, we don't put a, a bunch of excess on it to make it more offensive. Uh, we, don't, we don't say it in a way that's going to be really hard to hear. We, we want to say it in a way that it's winsome. We want to say it in a way where people um, have the, it, it's palatable to them. So, so though it might be offensive in its nature, it's communicated in a way where this person can say, listen, I, I can see that they're not actually trying to ruffle my feathers. They're not trying to provoke me. They're not trying to, to get some sort of solicit a response of me, but I can see that they're actually trying to care for me and speaking the truth in love. And so that, that's the piece of, of being uh, prophetic, to be peacefully prophetic. And, and the third part that, that um, Friedman talks about is being a presence. Um, when I'm talking about presence, not talking about, you know, like, oh, look at how, how much of a gift I am to the world here and stepping in this room. But the fact that I am willing to step into places that uh, maybe I don't, that wouldn't demand my presence, okay? That wouldn't demand me being here. So, for example, like, you, you've got a couple in your missional community who, 
who's going through a rough time. They, they're in the midst of conflict. Well, you could say, you could say, well, that's their own thing to figure out. And, and maybe, you know, hopefully they'll go see a counselor or call Pastor Sam or, or set up an appointment or something like that. But for you to actually step into the midst and say, hey, can, let's just get dinner. Let's just talk through some of this stuff. I want to hear what's going on. I want to hear how we can serve you in the midst of your crisis or in the midst of this conflict that's going on. It's an active movement toward someone else to be present with them, to put yourself in places that don't demand your presence, but instead you feel compelled by the Spirit of God, by by Jesus himself to step into those places just as Jesus steps in the midst of our own brokenness and our own sin, right? And so we see here ultimately how Jesus is this peaceful prophetic presence. Jesus tells us that he, he will not leave us or forsake us. He's with us till the end of the age. Jesus doesn't mince words. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't sissyfoot around the truth. Jesus is the ultimate truth speaker. He came, he even told us that, that his words are probably going to divide families against families, about neighbor against neighbor. And there's a sense that he's able to speak the truth without you know, bending to the preference of other people. But we see Jesus speak the truth, convey the truth in such a way that he's leading people who are willing to hear his truth, willing to act upon his truth, to be led deeper and deeper into peace because he is ultimately the Prince of Peace. He's the one who gives peace to us freely. And so we see how Jesus was this peaceful prophetic presence. And and as we do this, there's another P here uh, that's worth uh, going into. Like to do this, and and we put it in the context of ministry, to be a peaceful prophetic presence isn't going to necessarily guarantee um, conflict go away overnight just like that, right? It doesn't mean that things are just going to go, you know, oh, I was a, such a peaceful prophetic person, uh, presence last night in missional community. I think all of our conflict is resolved as a result. Well, no, actually, it, in, in many cases, it's going to re- require a lot of patience that, that you would not lose heart, that you would day in, day out, no matter what room you step into, that you sort of own this identity as a peaceful prophetic presence and, and endure and be patient with one another. And so I think this is really important for us. And, and here's another thing that I've just been thinking of as I, as I move forward into the next beatitude this week, um, as we see uh, verse 10 of Matthew 5 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And he goes on and he says, uh, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. This is verse 12. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, the way, like the, the reality is that if we're leave, living for Jesus, if we're persecuted for the sake of righteousness, that means we're probably going to be truth speakers, right? That, that, that sort of, there's that sort of demand on our life that if we live righteously, that we, we are prophetic, that we share a similar office as the prophet. I'm not saying that we are prophets, but there's this prophetic nature of being a Christian where we can speak the truth. In fact, in, in 1 Corinthians, speaking the truth in love, right? That, that, that's one of the things that we're called into as the family of God, whether it's to people who are in, the midst of, in, in our community or people that we're on mission to, that we're wanting to, to introduce them to Jesus. And so there is this realness to the fact, okay, Verse 9 tells us that we're peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And then we have this in in verse 12 that we're sort of uh, brought into the prophetic 
um, office uh, uh, and speaking truth and love. And here again, we just see Jesus. Where is he? He's in the midst of people, right? The Sermon on the Mount. He is present in front of the masses of people and all of his life, all of his ministry is lived in the context of community. And so we see Jesus again being this peaceful prophetic presence. And so I just wanted to put that before you and think like, what, what would it look like for me to step in and to be a peaceful, prophetic presence who is patient, long-suffering, and enduring in this demeanor. How would, how would I interact with people at work differently? Okay, just think of that. Like, I think one of, the th- one of the things, depending on your Enneagram, Ben, if you're a two, if you're a nine, I think this is one of the ways that we, we might veer off, right? We, we get, the tendency with those two is to kind of maintain the peace um, and, and sort of keep the false sense of peace and not actually make genuine, authentic peace, right? What would it look like to, to actually pursue real peace, real authentic peace? What about in our missional community, right? What, what, like we know, like there's stuff that we know that's going on and it's like, I, I don't know if I want to step into that. That seems like it might blow up in my face. It might be a conversation that makes people really uncomfortable. But if it's something that, that's prohibiting somebody from following Jesus, from, from flourishing in the faith, it's really stopping them um, from, from becoming their best self in Christ, right? That's essentially what sanctification is, is becoming the most beautiful version of yourself in Christ. Well, then I, I need to, uh, that means that they are, are missing out on, on some of the blessings of the peace of the gospel at work in their own life. Man, I think I need to step into that and speak into that as, as, as a, a peaceful prophetic presence. And so I just want to encourage you guys as we're living in missional community. And this is just one of the things that like from day one, you know, we've, there's nothing about our church or the way that we do church that's clean and tidy. Like the way that we do church is messy because, because we're asking people to bring their real selves to the table. We, we don't want some like, you know, some veneer of a person or, or hiding, behind, hiding behind masks and that's the, the false self that we bring to the table. Well, we want to bring the true self so the real gospel can come to bear on our lives in such a way that it produces good gospel fruit. And so I just want to encourage us again to, to lean into being these peaceful prophetic presence um, and, and endure with patience in this ministry, in our missional community life, in our families, in our workplaces, wherever God would have us that God would be glorified, that we would to get to be agents uh, of reconciliation, right? Even in the sense, if you think it out, think through this, uh, like helping people become more sanctified in Christ, helping people come to a more robust understanding of the peace of Christ and letting that rule their hearts. So what a great task, what a great invitation the Lord gives us to step into that, right? And as ministers of reconciliation, to be peaceful, uh, to be a peaceful prophetic presence. Uh, God bless you guys. I hope this is helpful. Um, I'd love to hear from you. If there's something that you want to hear about, something you want me to talk on, um, any feedback that would be helpful for me to, to continue to crank out pod, uh, this content for this podcast. Um, also, feel free to leave a review on iTunes, on uh, Spotify. It just helps people find it and stuff like that. It helps kind of get it to the top. So when you search Sacred City, uh, you don't get a bunch of weird stuff. You can actually find our stuff pretty quickly. So uh, thanks for taking the time to do that. Again, shoot me any message, any emails, Sam at Sacred City Church. I'd love to hear stuff that you would want to hear me talk on that would help equip you as a disciple and a disciple maker as we live in community and on mission to the glory of Jesus. Love you guys. Take care.